Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. TGIN. Thank God it's Monday, and it's another episode of The Yo Show. Yo. Yo. Jeff the Shark Perini with you, alongside me, as always. The co hostess with the mostest, the sister from another mister, Jewel. My face is buried in my cell phone, Katie. <laughs> Sorry, researching. <laughs> That's all. That's what you're. See, again, this is the problem of the two man gang. You have to do your own research on the fly. Our intern's here to, tonight, sleeping in the background. Much so ignoring. Just be burned around after last week's show. Brutal. Whew. Yep, it was like one debut, and then she's just done. Yeah, she was bouncing off the walls, too. Excited to be back all over the place. Exactly <laughs> like. Crashing hard. And poor kids. What's up, Jewel Tatey? How we doing tonight on another fine Monday? I know, right? I can't believe it's the end of the beginning or the end of Monday. That's what we said last week, right? It's the end of Monday. Right. I'm doing good. How, do you, how are you doing? Yeah, it was a nice day out today, too, so... Enjoy. It was a great day out today. Pretty much left my work jacket in the car. Work truck broke down, so I spent half the day in Pep Boys. That was thrilling. I asked me, I'm back to drinking tonight. Tonight we feature fresh king cake from the amazing people at Free Will Brewery up in Percocy. I don't know why I'm advertising them, because they don't pay us any money to advertise them. But I just get excited about things. I'm excited about this one. White ale with pecans, orange, vanilla, and cinnamon. Delicious. That looks like a fun beer. Usually I think the stuff you drink looks pretty nasty, but that looks good. It's just fun. It's good. Yeah, it's it's cakeish. It is fun. Let's go be looking at it. Fun. Speaking of fun, (laughs) we're going to have lots of fun tonight. I'm excited. I'm beyond excited. I'm like geeked out. I'm like first date nervous almost because tonight's guest is one of my absolute all-time favorites. And somebody else's favorite in the background too, I hear. <laughs> Excellent. You know, the whole crowd is going wild. The right. one and only the one and only Betsy Russell is on our show Woo-hoo. tonight. All right. Yeah. Now, any male around my age, which is 47-ish, of course, remember the movie Private School with Betsy Russell. That's where we all fell in love with Betsy Russell. Great movie. And then she was in Avenging Angel and Tomboy, all the great 80s movies. Then a little hiatus and came back uh, recently for the Saw series. Second half of Saw 3, Saw 4, Saw 5, Saw 6, and Saw 3D. Betsy Russell. And, Very exciting. And Saw is so su- successful. Like, it's the big, it just keeps going. So, it's like, I'm sure there's going to be like a Saw. 25. <laughs> <laughs> there should be. And uh, hopefully Betsy Russell's in all of them because she's fantastic. She's with us tonight. We couldn't be more excited. Um, yeah, that's great. Let's thank our guest from Wednesday night. Terrific singer. Only enough I'm going to do this right. Let me try it again. Namanjin? Yeah, that was good. That was pretty good. Because ah, you got it. Nailed That's it. Right. Now she's not on the show. <laughs> of course not. Last week I called her everything from soup to nuts. But uh, here's great. Great music. Um, 
great guest. She was a little late, got a little panicky, <laughs> but uh, all's well. <laughs> that was two episodes in a row. Cause I remember, uh, excuse me, when we had um, Stormy Maya on, she was late as well. Mm-hmm. Terrific. A little bit. Betsy, it's okay. Uh, Betsy Rook, if you're out there listening, it's uh, 5.30 Central, uh, 5.30 Western, or Pacific Time, 8.30 Eastern. Western. Western, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very brutal Monday leg. Nice out, but everything else is cranky, crappy, miserable. All right, let's, um, let's break news real quick, because it's rare that we get to break news here on the Yo Show. We're going to break news, a breaking story that just came out a few short minutes ago. For all you UFC fans, Conor McGregor arrested in Miami. That's right. McGregor's out again, folks. It's crazy. And apparently he was arrested and picked up for smashing someone's cell phone. Interesting. I wonder what happened there. Do you think somebody was trying to snap some pictures and he just kind of lost his, his shit or what? Maybe. He could have been talking crap to him too. You know what I mean? He just went off. That's possible. I was so excited to report the story that I didn't actually read the story. That's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how we did. <laughs> Should have read it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, like a story. I can break because it just pops up. <laughs> we'll have more on that Are you story okay later. His <laughs> no. Oh, you know, okay. I, I, I got into him when he was fighting Mayweather because I hate Mayweather that much. Mm. And at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, he's so cocky. He's in Mayweather's face. I love it. Now I look at him like, that guy's just being an asshole. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's uh, arrested in Miami. And uh, we'll get more of that um, later on. Criminal mischief. Criminal mischief. If we had an intern yeah. that wasn't sleeping, I'd look up the story for us while we're doing the show. <laughs> Seriously. Pull this up. Too many windows open. Uh, it's like uh, Kevin Pollack said in that movie, That Thing You Do. All right, who am I not paying around here? Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, paying nobody. I ain't paying myself. But uh, it's a fantastic program, nevertheless. So, yeah, Conor McGregor arrested. Betsy Russell wants to share tonight. Top five list, ladies and gentlemen. We might have done something similar to this before, but we're doing it again. It's our top five teenage crushes. Like you watch TVs and movies as like a teenager. Like, Just in that voice, too. I was 13 years old. I knew no better. I didn't know my voice was supposed to sound like this when I say I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we're looking for new interns. We're looking for a new host, too. This guy's losing his marbles. All right, oh, top five. I could have went top 105 because my hormones just run kind of wild as a teenager, but I narrowed it down to five. Take it easy on you tonight. And number five, of course, it had to be while she was on the show wearing the costume, it was Linda Carter and her role as Wonder Woman. And I mean, Wonder wow. Woman. Wonder Woman. I love you, Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well, five, I'm for you. All right, I'm done. You know the words? You yeah. Know the words? With the really? stripes fighting for their rights in red, white, and blue. Wonder Woman. Yeah. That was very exciting. This is the best damn podcast you'll listen to, folks. You don't hear Joe, uh, you don't hear freaking uh, Joe Rogan singing. 
Number four. Number four might be a contra- tra- contract. Contract. Like conflict. That's the word. <laughs> Better stop drinking. Conflict uh-huh. of interest. Yes, tonight. Because number four is Phoebe Cates. Ooh. Why is that a conflict of interest? Because they were in that same movie, Private School. Mm-hmm. Her and my number three. And not because she's on the show, folks. She's number three, Betsy Russell. Gracious. One of my first absolute loves. I love this woman. I promise to keep it classy tonight, though. Oh, hell. Number two, <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. Who didn't love that weird science movie? As a young teenager. And she came out of the bathroom with the little half shirt and the, the underwear. And she says, what would the little maniacs like to do first? I know what I want to do first. Yikes. Number one. Before I found out how big of a train wreck this woman actually is, it was Heather Locklear. They used to think she was just adorable. <laughs> Beautiful. And I found out she's a raging alcoholic, crazy ass. So I'd still show up at her house if she invited me. Heather Locklear, number one. Great top five list, Jeffrey. Let's go on to Jewel Katie. <laughs> I love the way her Every voice time. changes. When she, I like the way her voice changes when she talks about guys that are cute. Oh my god. We had that Josh server on. Oh no, no House Sparks. <laughs> They're both on my list. So shut <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Number five I would have to say, because my first crush I guess it's really teen I was probably still a little kid when I saw the November Rain video, but oh my god, Axel Rose like was my first. I saw him on T V. I was like, Whew fan myself. Alright, um number four. Yes. Josh Server. And I was so excited to have him on the show and he was just a cutie on all that, even with the big ears. Um number three. <laughs> another guest we had on, Hal Sparks. I was obsessed with Hal Sparks in high school. I used to like videotape him on VHS. I used to listen to his band all the time like crazy fangirl and I let him know when he came on the show too so that was embarrassing um number two Nick Carter I have seen Nick Carter probably 12 times in my life and uh yeah got front row one time and yeah got to touch him so that was great and number one of course is all-time favorite Eminem but yeah after Nick Carter got weird and started dating Paris Hilton, went to Eminem. Can't hear you. Okay. Are we better now? Are we good? We lost Jewel again altogether. That disconnected. That's okay. Um, we will go on. Jewel will be back shortly. Not one of these famous technical difficulties that we get here. No big deal. I will, uh, at this time, I guess we'll go on with the
right, we will be back in one minute. Let's test something out here while we wait to get Jewel again. We'll play some music. Be right back. Back. Are we back, Jewel Tady? Are we? Am I here? <laughs> Alright, I'm here. That was uh, okay. a little snippet of the Fems of Rock near ACDC medley, which we uh, fired on. Jeff actually thought on the seats for a change. Actually slapped on music instead of you listening to Dead Air and me going, um, uh, We're <laughs> back! As they say in TV land. <laughs> no, that was good. As of today, so direct all your complaints to Jeff Perini at yahoo.com. That is Jeff Perini at yahoo.com. So we got the number three, uh, Jewel, <laughs> on your list. Oh, okay. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> I freaked out a little bit. Uh, yeah, number three, Hal Sparks. Super excited to talk to him and actually got to meet him at the um, Helium Comedy Club after yes. we had him on the show. So <sighs> that was awesome. Um, number two. Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. I saw him so many times, probably like 12 times. Um, I saw him one time and I got to like touch his beautiful blonde hair and yeah, it was great. Yep. But then he went weird and started dating Paris Hilton. So then I found Eminem and Eminem is still like a celebrity crush of mine. He's so cute. Oh, Eminem and Daddy. I love you, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Eminem, number one. Wow. That's a uh, unique list. <laughs> yep. At least I didn't put Pee Wee on there. <laughs> Paul Rubin was a close. Paul Rubin and Martin Short. My God. What? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I don't know. Gray, you know, suit, red bow tie. I. The black spiky hair, something. Ha! <laughs> Holy Jesus! <laughs> Holy Jesus! Oh, I can feel my tumor getting ready to explode in my brain. Kiwi Herman, see all you men out there doing it wrong. <laughs> Gotta go out and get yourself a tight-fitting gray suit, a little red bow tie, and masturbate in movie theaters. <laughs> yep. White penny yeah. loafers. Kiwi Herman, that's interesting. Uh, let's 
shoot down again these great lists. Mine is amazing from head to toe. Number five, Linda Carter. Number four, Phoebe Cates. Number three, the one and only tonight's very special guest, Betsy Russell. Number two, Kelly LeBrock. Number one, Heather Locklear. Drew went with W. Axel Ruse. Two former guests, Josh Server and Hal Sparks. Nick Carter and Nestle's Crunch. I'm sorry, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up top five for this evening. Disaster. So, uh, yeah, so today was um, the unofficial beginning of NFL free agency. Um, so players could start to talk about negotiations and talk about teams they want to go to. The Eagles did make a move, of course, in signing Deshaun Jackson. He's back in town. So we'll welcome him back, number 10. Trying to add some speed to this offense, something they definitely needed last year. They didn't have a very good deep game. Uh, but Deshaun is back. Joey, excited to see Deshaun back? I like Deshaun. Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't know what you said because you said he was kind of mediocre last season. But I don't know. It's like nostalgic almost, you know? Yeah. He did not have a great year last year. I think he did not have a great team last year either. So Tampa mm-hmm. Bay was uh, kind of all over the board with quarterbacks. And, uh, I mean, he definitely has a speed element. He is 32. Wonder how much longer that speed can hold up. Um, reportedly looks to be about three years and $24 million. So it's heavy amount for a guy to be your number three wide receiver. Yeah. No, yeah, but Deshaun is back in. Eagles also had a defensive tackle, Malik Jackson from Jacksonville. That's a biggie, former pro bowler. He's going to help fill the middle of that defensive line with Fletcher Cox. That is a huge signing. Really good stuff there. So the Eagles did good things. Um, speaking of football and signings and free agents and trades and the whole nine yards, um, crybaby Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown got his wish. He was traded to the Oakland Raiders uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Pittsburgh is rid of the headache. Brown now brings his axe somewhere else. Uh, I bring this up to you, Jewel, for a very important reason. And the whole world works on contracts and the legal end of contracts and, you know, getting things in writing and what have you. For some reason, sports is the only place where a contract means a whole lot of nothing. You're under contract. You're getting paid. You go to the owner and complains, I don't want to be here anymore. And they jump to hoops to get rid of you. Do you think somehow the law or the, the sports world or something should come down stricter? Should these guys be held to these contracts you're signing that you sign them, you're there, you're planted, that, that's it? I mean, that that is what a contract's supposed to be, right? Like a legal binding agreement that you're going to do something. So, um, yeah, I think they should be held accountable for everything. I mean, they're getting paid enough, so... Why not? I know they're putting their bodies out there, but, you know, there's a lot of professions that you have to use all of your skills. So, um, yeah, I think they should be held accountable. What do you think? I agree. I mean, the word contract seems to mean absolutely nothing. The only thing the contract does is guarantee the money they're going to get paid. Um, and to me, it's really, it's going to be nonsense. And Brown was when he was in Pittsburgh last few years, probably considered the best receiver in the game. Suddenly he wants to get out. He wants 
money. He doesn't like the situation, so he bailouts the quarterback. He bailouts the team. He bailouts the coach. He's all over in interviews and now calling me Mr. Big Chest and all that kind of crazy stuff. Just like I would like, I would basically as a league commissioner suspend him. You're under contract with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh decides to trade him, I guess, but he's only to trade after, you know, he cried about being there. So, I don't know. Athletes get away with a whole lot. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is just a, a, an ugly story. They had a good ending because, you know, you love his talent. I don't want him here. I just don't want any more nonsense. i got enough nonsense in life that I don't need athletes causing nonsense in my team. You're right. You're right. Usually. doesn't happen often. So, uh, there's another story that I wanted to share, and I kind of got sidetracked because I kind of forgot which story I wanted to share. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, this is the one, the one I saw earlier. Um, from Costco. That's right, Costco, folks, your bulk shopping store. They're selling 100-calorie vodka ice pops. Vodka ice pop. Mm-hmm. Now, my fear, and I'll share this with you because I'm sure you got the same fear having a, a very young daughter at home. Easily mistaken mm-hmm. for regular ice pops, no? They are. They're kind of, you know, colorful packaging, easy to open, you know, it says probably says Freezy Pop on it. No, but it, it is, and... um. I just think with any other thing, though, you have to keep that away and separate from little hands. It says, um, one that's shown the ad here, says, Vodka Martini Skinny Freezer. You know, that's words that any two- and three-year-old could easily read, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Mommy, can I have this um, skinny pop freezer thingy-majabby? I'll see what happens. Scary. A hundred calories is still a lot of calories. I feel. I mean, that's like what a beer is. So it's not that skinny. It's just ice and vodka. Like, what else are they yeah. putting in it? It could use some like diet juice in it, so that I could really enjoy it. But what the hell? <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to this guy last night while waiting in line at the local Chinese food spot. Not gonna mention Hong Kong Pearl's name giving any free advertising. That's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel Tady, one and a half hours. For Chinese? No. No. I called. I called and the woman on the phone I, I gave my order. I uh, I got a big thing of uh, roast pork lo mein, I got some wonton soup and dumplings. That's it. And she says, Oh, that's it? Like almost guilt like making me feel good, like I didn't order enough. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's it. Oh, that, oh, she says, oh, not not bad. 45 minutes. Not oh, great. 45 minutes. I'm like, well, it's kind of long, but okay, 45 is not bad. First Got Sunday. There. Right. Got there and waited an extra 45 minutes before I finally left my order. Anyway, <laughs> there's this guy in front of me talking about alcohol and beer and all that, and he said that basically anybody that adds any kind of juice to their vodka basically kills the vodka. So he never understood why people got, like, gray goose and cranberry, or, you know, like all your top-of-the-line vodkas, he said you could just drink any vodkas. The juice basically 
takes out the alcohol flavor. I, for one, don't drink straight liquor unless I'm doing shots, especially not vodka. So I mix juice. I, I put juice in my drinks. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. Well, now they have the flavor. Have the flavored vodka. Like you still have to put something in it, but I don't know. There's a still 100 calories is a lot for that. Like there's ways to probably make it better. I can make my own. I'm gonna make my own, and you're invited, and we're all gonna have a pool party, and it's gonna be great. Have some vodka, freezy pops. Oh. I like it. Calories. It'll be 90 calories. Yeah. It has to be less. I'm going to make a concoction that it'll be less. And then I'll brand it. I'll be rich. There you go. Jules 90 calorie vodka pops. Right. Make like a little grizzly gonna... bear on the front. A little polar bear right on the front. So it looks just like an icy. The little kids can eat them too. Yeah, right. Maybe I'll make um, Captain and Diet. But Captain has a lot of sugar apparently. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah, the captain does. The soda doesn't. No, the soda. I'll look at it right now. Test me. Total sugar zero. Included sugar zero. Well, it's sodium. It only has sodium. <laughs> and That's like bloat, yeah. every every um, scientifically made sugar sweetener on the market. Right. They're bad, too. I'm trying to cut down on them because I put, like, seven Splenda in my coffee in the morning, and I really oh – I'm trying to cut it down to, like, five. Jesus. <laughs> I do the same thing. Like, I went the other day to uh, Krispy Kreme, and their coffee's mm. a little runny. <gasps> they have the best coffee. It's so sweet. What? <laughs> it's so good. Man. I mean, their donuts are the amazing. The one on street, got... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. I got a small coffee, and I noticed at the time, you know, you're flipping the package of sugar, keep pouring them in. I, I put 12 in. I think that was a lot. 12? And you're yelling at me 12. for seven Splenda? Get out of here. That's Splenda. It's artificial poison. Mine okay. is pure, yummy sugar. Right. There's yeah. A right. Sugar in the raw is what you get, and that tastes like garbage. I'm not eating my sugar naked. Oh, you mean Ugh. that's what it's... Oh, that stuff is nasty. Mm-hmm. My wife tried every every substitute thing. Sugar in the roll. What's that other crap Stevia. that she does in the cream? Stevia! Yes! Mm-hmm. No, she brings that stuff that I got to breakfast and all. Ugh. So disgusting. gross. Stevia is actually a Russian word, which means disgusting. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. That. <laughs> Probably not, but it sounds good. No, it's not, but it, it sure does sound good. Stuff is gross. <laughs> Try, you'll never know the difference. Yeah, I know the difference. It's pretty nasty. It's disgusting. Big story here out of New York today, ladies and gentlemen. New York police made the biggest coke bust in over 25 years. 3,200 pounds. 77 million dollars of street value. It's a scary job, though, being a cop, making that kind of bus, Jewel. I mean, wouldn't you be scared? That has to be heart-pounding. Yeah, it's, it's something. Then you open it up, and you're like, I could take a couple of these, sell them on the street, and make a lot of money. I mean, you know, you want to get commended for your sergeant for a great job. job well $77 done, million. Dollars. That's nuts. Did you see the truck? The truck was like... 
Yeah. I mean, you don't want to promote illegal drugs, but you think our government can take that and sell it back to the foreign country it came from and use that $77 million towards paying off the deficit. Am I a genius? I'm just solving the world's crisis problem one item at a time. So what happens to it? Do they destroy it? Like, what in God's name oh, they just, happens to They it? destroyed our... Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure. Right now, there's probably the biggest, meanest orgy going on at the New York Fraternal <laughs> Order of Police all <laughs> I just think of Quirky Romano. Did you ever see Quirky Romano? Yes. <laughs> Him and the dog and the cookie. You want a cookie? You do? You don't? You do? You don't? Me? You? <laughs> I still can't get over that. That scene is always the funniest it? with the, the Girl Scout outfit on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great. Yeah, but um, it makes me wonder what's going to happen because I can't see how you can easily destroy it. It's still Did several pounds in the ocean. Just like, yeah, there you go. just let it break. Just eat it. Drop it out of a plane. A couple weeks from, yeah, a couple weeks from now, me and the wife be eating fish for dinner. She goes, "But then fish I raise, incredible." <laughs> Clean the house, go through the laundry, break my hair down. Oh my god. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of the uh, white powder. All my fun comes in easy to drink cans. Mm. Same. That's why we drink. <laughs> That's one of the main reasons why we drink. But I digress. Oh, uh, Betsy Russell. Of- oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm totally good. No, she's not here yet. <laughs> she is now. Stop. All right. See ya. <laughs> I swear Betsy did that on forever. She waited to hit the last button. So there goes Jewel talking. Boop. Let's get ready for our very special guest. I'm so excited. I can't even stand it. My nerves. I'm so nervous. <laughs> the amazing, beautiful, one of my all-time favorite actresses, the lovely Betsy Russell. Betsy, welcome to the Yo Show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, Betsy. Thank you for coming. Hi. <laughs> hello, uh, hello. Well, you have, you have a, yeah, do you hear us? What's that? Uh-oh. Do you hear us? You, you, everything yeah. okay? Yeah, All everything's right. great. How are you? We had, little, we had a little technical breakdown earlier in the show. We lost each other for a moment. So, you know, we just make sure that everybody's on the same page. <laughs> yes, that's a good idea. Good to be on the same page in life and on the radio. Yes, absolutely. And we thank you so much for joining us. I was uh, very excited. Uh, I've been a big fan for a long, long time. So I really appreciate you taking time to come out with us. We're um, going to ask some questions about your career and things you're doing now, if you don't mind. And I guess we'll get started by letting the people know, how did you first get discovered? Who first found you and, and decided that movies was your thing? Oh, gosh, that's an unusual question that I'm not used to. Um, I think, (laughs) actually, uh, a guy when I was in high school who was a model um, wanted to date me. He was older, and um, I didn't date him, but he ended up telling me that they were um, auditioning for a Pepsi commercial in San Diego. 
So I would have to say he was the first one that actually saw something in me, and I auditioned for this Pepsi commercial, and I got it. And that kind of just got the ball rolling for me, and I, I remembered that my dream when I was very young was to be an actress. So as soon as I finished high school and I graduated early because I had enough credits, I headed up to L.A. and began that way. Yeah. Did you um, take classes while you were in L.A., or did you just start landing roles, like, right off the bat? Um, I did. I actually started taking classes and did plays and theater when I was young, and I wanted to be an actor since I was about eight years old. So I actually started something in San Diego called Junior Theater, and I was always in classes and, you know, did the high school plays and all that. And um, when I got up to L.A., I actually had a roommate named Diane Brody. Her father was a football player, John Brody, and she was really helpful in guiding me to acting classes and I actually my dad had a good friend that was a producer Aaron Russo who produced Trading Places and a bunch of other movies mm. he was the only connection sure. I had in LA and he um, sent me to William Morris and I started doing commercials and I got a modeling agent and eventually got a theatrical agent through a friend that I was in acting class with so it kind of just all all the pieces just kind of fell into place but yeah I was always in acting classes so that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you used to um did you used to like role play around the house when you're a little girl, like act and all that in front of your family and all that kind of stuff? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I had an autistic sister. She just passed away about six months ago. Um oh, wow. and my that. mom was was you know my mom was I think somebody that suffered a little I didn't know it at the time but depression and I kind of threw myself into you know TV shows like I Love Lucy and That Girl and Sunny and Cher all those shows had really strong women and I I loved acting out those characters for my mom so I do these little skits and it would make her so happy and I think today when I look back I really believe that that's one of the reasons I became an actress because I really I noticed and enjoyed the effect that it had on my mother, and I wanted to have that effect on, on people that watched me in general. Sure, sure. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's absolutely amazing. That's kind of a, kind of strange because, I mean, you know, we do our little show here. But that's how I always was as a kid. I'd be at the house. I would sit in front of the, the record player, and I would talk in this made-up microphone like I was on the air, and I would ask my mom for requests, and she would ask for songs, and I'd play them, and pretty much want to be on the radio my entire life. <laughs> so I get Yeah, it. isn't that amazing when we, we come up with these these ambitions as kids and then we actually are brave enough to pursue them and then if we reach some success or are able to, you know, make a living doing it, it's I think it's just such a gift. And I really encourage everyone to follow your dreams and, and do what makes you happy and, and worry about the money later because it will come if you're persistent and passionate. Right, right. Excellent. And yeah. I, I've, I've been looking at your website, and I, I really, I would love to have some <laughs> advice from you. <laughs> Maybe on okay. A, what your, do you need advice yeah. for? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to blast you on the air. But how did you, how did you start? Uh, you know, your, your um, venture of becoming a life coach. My other passion. Um, I would say that I was in a difficult relationship um, in about 2006, and my best friend, Carrie, had just started a program at the University of Santa Monica, which is spiritual psychology, and I knew nothing about it. She had known about it for a really long time. And when she started taking these courses, she changed, and she just became 
so insightful and I would ask her questions about my relationship almost like she was my therapist she would always have these beautiful loving answers and you know go back to him with love and compassion and all this stuff and and finally I remember we were in a fight or something and I called her and um, my boyfriend and I were in a fight and I called her and I couldn't get a hold of her and I was just despondent I, I didn't know what to do and the next day she said come over here we have to talk and I went there and she said you just have to sign up for the school yourself and just try it for one weekend which I recommend to anybody it's a great school out here in Santa Monica and they do 10-month courses now only on the weekends and people come from all over the world so that was kind of my introduction I would have to say to um, a spiritual path that I really didn't have any idea that I would be going on and then after i you know, I just wanted to keep going and going and going. So I did all the, the schooling that I could possibly do there. And one of the programs was um, certification and life coaching. So I did all of that. And then Carrie found something else, which I actually followed her through as well, called Three Principles. And there's tons of stuff on that on the Internet. And that's just a different modality that um, that I use now for my coaching. And it's, it's really about the nature of thought. And it's, you know, a lot more depth depthful than that but that's basically the the short the short answer for that long answer well it has to be so fulfilling when you when you help people though because you know people probably are very much in need when they reach out to you so it has to be satisfying that you get to help them in even a, a small way would just yeah I mean what was your question how does it feel when I help people I yeah it just it has to be fulfilling right Well, yeah, to put it mildly, I mean, even, you know, walking through the grocery store and I'll run into somebody and I'll say, how are you doing? How are you doing? If they say, oh, I'm having a problem with this or that, and I'll just, you know, if if they kind of ask for it, I'll even give them like one sentence of something. And if I see the light bulb go off and, and I have to really be careful that I don't coach without people really wanting to be coached because it's hard to hear it when you're not really ready to hear it, right? You don't. You're sort of against getting help unless you're really, really dying for it. So when people are really dying for it and they ask me for it or they come to me and stuff like that, I I help them, and it is the best feeling in the world. I mean, I go into high-security prisons, you know, where there's lifers in there, and I do that with a volunteer group called Freedom to Choose. And for me, coaching the inmates that have been in there for, you know, anywhere up to 40 years or whatever, and it's just Mm -hmm. that for me is the most impactful thing I've ever done. So coaching on any level is amazing or just helping anybody, but being able to go into the prison system and help the people in there that feel forgotten, I mean, that is just taking it to a level that you couldn't even imagine. Yeah, no, that's so great. Yeah, if anybody wants to read more about Freedom to Choose, it's all over the Internet as well. And there's actually a documentary, Freedom to Choose, made by um, the people at University of Santa Monica, and it won Best Documentary at Cannes, I think, maybe like 15 years ago. But it's 20 minutes, and it's unbelievable. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Definitely look into that. Yeah, definitely. So we'll get back, and we'll get back to your movie career in a little bit. Cause I'm <laughs> They're so different, right? It's sort of like, <laughs> she's been this like, little actress in these horror movies, and then she goes into the prisons, but that's what I like about my life. When you least expect something to happen, it's like this falls into your lap, and it's just kind of like surrendering and going with it, which I've always done, and I love. But anyway, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Because we're, I mean, our questions are all over the board, because we like to cover a little bit of everything. Uh I also noticed that you do a podcast of your own. It's called Delving In with Betsy and Duke. Now, Duke is your son. 
Oh, I'm so Perfect. excited you saw that. My son, Duke, yeah. is 26 years old um, in two days. Yes, and I do a podcast, which I'm excited to promote because we're just sort of starting out doing this, and we don't, I don't think we're publicizing it very well <laughs> or anything like that. But we <laughs> love talking about spirituality. He's on the path as well. He kind of hit bottom um, when he went to to Bristol Old Vic Theater School to study acting himself a couple of years ago, and he was one of 14 other kids that from all over the world that had, you know, been acting their entire lives, and he had just begun acting, and we had him audition for the school kind of as a fluke just for experience, and he loved Shakespeare, so he, he got in right away, but once he got to the school, he just felt really insecure and not as good as the other kids and kind of hit bottom. So I started coaching him and he got really into it. So we're both in it together now. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. I listened to, um, I listened to episode two. I didn't catch a pilot. I listened to some of episode two and it, it's really good. And like I said, if you're into the self help and, and you need advice, check it out. Delving in with Betsy and Duke. It's on uh, buzzsprout.com. Uh, is where you'll find it. So there's a there's Thank a promotion you. for it. Oh, absolutely! Yay! Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we sort of just started it as you know he's a great talker, and every morning on his way to work he'll call me and we'll just have these amazing conversations. And at the end of every one of them, I would say, "Gosh, I wish we were taping that. That could have helped somebody." So that's why we just sort of ended up talking and taping it. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, especially for his age, you know, young young people that are really just coming into their own and figuring their lives out and what they want to do. Actually, my other son, Vinny, um, has a blog as well, Vinny Van Patten. Oh, gosh, where is his blog? I never remember where to find it. But he's also talking about these wonderful things. It's not quite in the spiritual realm as much as Duke, but, but he's all about that as well and just kind of finding his way in the world. And his passion is definitely writing, even though he's a real estate person, and, and he's really good at it. So I'll think of it. The Medium or something. It's called The Medium, I think. Is that a place to find blogs? Okay. I'll think of it. Yeah, I'll Google it and let you know before we're done yeah. with the conversation. <laughs> sure, you put in his name, too. It'll pop up. But that's yeah. amazing that your sons are following their dreams. Even, even you know, if it's not, um, you know, because we do some things on the side that might be passion projects, but at least we're, we're still experiencing them. You know what I mean? Like, we might absolutely profit the moose or anything, but as long as you do it, and keeps you happy, and I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, even if you're not getting paid for it, just do it, do it, do it, do it, and eventually it will pay off. You know, that's what I believe. Anyway, just if you're if you're into performing, then perform. Even if you're not getting paid for it, find a place to perform and do it. Even if it's on, only in your living room, you know, or for the neighborhood kids or whatever. I believe in that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's gonna I mean, go. Out <laughs> 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 Right in the yeah. middle of the street in my neighborhood. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and go it for brings, it. Yeah. It brings us to places like this. Like you would have told me X amount of years ago, watching movies and just loving this woman, Betsy Russell, that I'd be sitting down and talking to her like this. I would have never guessed it. And that's why, like you said, you pursue it. And great things like this happen. Yeah, and you actually went through my manager, which I love, because I ask, I get asked on um, Instagram and Facebook so much, you know, do this, do that interview, and I just don't. I don't really vet vet it enough. I'd rather you go through him, and he kind of checks it out for me, and, and I love that. So my son said this morning, why are you doing this interview? And I said, because they actually went through my manager, Mitch Clem, by the way, <laughs> and uh, it yeah. seemed legit. That's why I'm doing it. 
We greatly we appreciate, we, we appreciate that. And, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's normally how we dig because, I mean, those people are in place for a reason, like I said, to sort it out and to make sure you're getting stuff from the up and up. And we've been approached by our people, managers, and they said, what do you ask? How are you going to be? I'm like, we're not cutting edge. We're not going to be hardcore. We're not going to ask about a scandal from 20 years ago. We're down here to have fun, promote anything possible you have. We let you have free reign to promote whatever you want. So it's easier. It's nice and laid back. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. So uh, let's get back a little bit to your your acting career, because in the 80s, I was growing up in the 80s, we're a few years apart, (laughs) and uh, just some of the great movies of the 80s I loved you in, Private School, Avenging Angel, uh, Tomboy, like kind of like one after the other. Uh, Were you shocked how fast all the work was coming in, like just one movie after the other? Was it overwhelming? Um... I'd never say I was shocked about it because I kind of just always thought I would do this. I mean, for a minute, I sort of went off. You know, I I wanted to do it as a little girl, and I went to an agent when I was in San Diego, and they said, oh, there's nothing going on down here. Come back when you're 16. And then I got the commercial, and then I moved to L.A., and then I got into the class, and then I got the agent, and then I started getting little parts right away. And then I got my first starring part with Phoebe Cates in private school after I'd only been here two years. And then there was about six months that went by where nothing was happening, and that felt like an eternity. And then I think I got Tomboy, and then right after, I mean, I got I got a couple offers at the same time. I think it was for my tutor and Tomboy, maybe something else, and I kind of had to pick. So I remember jogging with my girlfriend, Claudia Udy, who was also an actress. I did Out of Control with her and became really close with her. Yes. But we were jogging together in Hollywood, and I remember saying to her, I think my manager told me there is a billboard of me on Sunset. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah, let's jog up there and check it out. So we jogged up there, and sure enough, right next to Chateau Marmont was this, you know, giant billboard of me in Avenging Angel. And I was like, oh, my gosh, wow. that's cool. Never even took a picture of her or cool. thought wow. that much of it. Jogged down Sunset, there was another billboard of me for Tomboy. So every, all my wow. friends say that that's my claim to fame, that I had two billboards on Sunset at the same time. And I think that's pretty great. They were, you know, it was in uh, in New York at Central Park also for Avenging Angel and Budapest. Somebody sent my dad a picture of me in Budapest in a billboard. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was overwhelmed. I would say that I was just, you know, doing the best with what I had. I hadn't trained that much. I was kind of learning on the job. You know, I wanted to go from these smaller budget movies to bigger budget movies, but it just, you know, it didn't really happen. Um, so I was just kind of going with the flow and having a great time until I started having babies, you know, and, and the work kind of slowed down at that point. And I was happy because I wanted to be home with my kids. And then I got divorced, and then I got back to working with the Saw movies. And that's pretty much the way it happened in a nutshell. Awesome. Is there um, yeah. I guess I ask because the 80s movies were, were filled with, you know, very attractive women, brunettes, mostly brunettes. Um, and I know me and the guys in the neighborhood used to all be in private school over on one side or the other. Half the guys were Betsy Russell guys, and half the guys were Phoebe Cates guys. And was it like a competition between you and all these ladies to be the best and to be the leader? Or was it kind of like a sisterhood? Like everybody kind of got along? Phoebe instantly took me under her wing. You know, she was a big star at the time. I couldn't even believe I was getting an audition for that movie, let alone getting the part. Um so no, there was no competition. She, you know, she was. I thought she was a great actress. She was, you know, up for these A movies, big parts, 
on TV and everything else, and she was getting them. I mean, I was auditioning for things and not getting them, except for these low-budget movies, which at the time, you know, I was having a lot of fun, but I wanted to be doing more of the movies that she was doing. So there was no competition. And I think, I think with other girls that maybe they weren't working quite as much as I was, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to turn this down, but so-and-so will take it because, you know, she's next on the list. So I kind of felt like I, I was doing well at the time, which was great, but of course you always want to do better. And I was always pushing myself to get the bigger parts and the bigger jobs. But, you know, I'm grateful that I did what I did at this point, that's for sure, and I'm glad that people still like them and talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You're an icon in that way. Um, were you nervous to do the nude scenes, like, apprehensive at first? Because, I mean, mm. it was probably your first time in major Yeah, so- it, was my, it was my first time, obviously, doing uh, only topless scenes. I never did total nudity, but topless mm. stuff. But because Phoebe <laughs> was such a great mentor for me, the first conversation we had, I went to visit her on some set right before we shot private school. And the first time I really met her, she said, are you nervous about the nudity? And I hadn't really thought about it that much because I just thought, oh, my God, this is a starring role with Phoebe Cates. I don't care what I have to do to do it, you know. <laughs> so I said, I think I said, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really thinking about it. And she says, oh, because I did, you know, like four, 25 nude scenes in Paradise. It was nothing. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh. And I literally, I think in the shower scene, I messed up when we were first filming it because I didn't know that a lot of girls put tape over your boobs or you know, you have a towel on if you don't show it. And I think in the scene where you first see just my face and the shower door is opening and I'm coming out of the shower, the first time we were shooting, I opened the door and I was totally nude. And they were like, cut, 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 cut. <laughs> you know, you weren't supposed to open the door. You weren't supposed to. Now we've got, you know, all this nude stuff with you. And I was like, oh, sorry. So I don't, I don't remember ever having a problem with my body. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, my body looks great. It'll probably never look this good again. <laughs> you know, if I have to show it, why not? I remember thinking that sort of stuff. So there was something kind of funny that happened on the day of the horseback riding scene. I remember, I don't know if it was Phoebe, but somebody told me the day we shoot that scene outside, everybody you've, every guy you've ever known is going to show up for that <laughs> filming. And I'm thinking, oh how in the world would anybody know where I'm filming? How would anybody care? And this will never happen. But sure enough, they were right. And, you know, like manager, there was a manager from a restaurant that I worked at and somebody else I knew. And I remember thinking, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to tell them they can't be here. This is too ridiculous. But it was funny. Phoebe had warned me. And I just had oh, a good yeah. time with it. Yeah, Could 19, you imagine today? You know? It was like, yeah, social media today, like, what a bit. <laughs> What's that? Can Betsy is gonna be like the social media today. Really bit worse. Like the yeah, you're cutting out a little bit. I don't. I don't. Can't be me because I'm on a regular phone, so I'm blaming you if if it's a bad reception. That's um, it. Yeah, social media. I think, in fact, it's so funny because back then I thought to myself. You know, like in Tomboy, there was that one topless scene where we're doing a love scene. And I told uh, Jerry Denome, I said, the minute my top comes off, put your hand on my boobs. Because I only want them to get like 10 seconds of boobs. Because I was really, I was obsessed with kind of moving out of the topless stuff into more serious acting. And so I wanted, you know, Tomboy to be kind of the end of my nude scenes. And so he did that. But but I didn't know that they'd take a picture of 
you know, the scene in the movie and that it would end up being everywhere. I didn't know that, you know, there would be, I just didn't realize that pictures and even when they pulled my towel off in private school, I didn't realize that there would be full nudity for a split second in time and that that would be on the internet. You know, I just didn't, you didn't understand that that would end up happening and luckily it's not a big deal to me, but anyway, it's funny. I'm going to give uh, that piece of advice to every inspired young actor out there. Go out and work hard at because someday a beautiful co-star will ask you to hold their boobs. <laughs> hold their boobs, yeah. <laughs> if you happen to look like Jerry <laughs> Deneau, you might get lucky in that way for sure. Yeah, he was, gosh, he was gorgeous. I think he still is, but I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he was, he got a lot of work, too, after that movie. He was Superboy, right? Oh, yeah, they yeah. did an episode oh, wow. of Superboy with him. Yeah, he yeah. starred in Superboy. Yeah. And he's uh, he's probably on somebody's radio show right now saying, you know, way back in the day I held Betsy Russell's booze by her request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was no big deal to him at the time because he probably held a lot of girls' boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, so you, you did uh, kind of give us the answer, but I'll get back into it. You uh, took a break, obviously, to have kids and kind of live a, a family life. You came back uh, years later to get into the Soul movies. What made you decide to come back? Um, was it natural? Did you have to go through a lot of work to put your name back out there? And, and you landed Soul, which turned out to be a huge um, success. Well, I was engaged to Mark Berg, who financed the movie. So it wasn't mm-hmm. that difficult. He, We hadn't thought of – I really wasn't acting when I was dating him at first. And he said, uh, Betsy, you know, the kids are young and everything, but don't you want to – get a job or something and I was like no <laughs> and I remember we went to we went to therap- a therapist my life coach and I said you know my my fiance wants me to get a job and she said well what are you passionate about and I said the only thing I've ever been passionate about was my kids and acting and she says well then why don't you act and I said because it's I think it's too hard to go back once you've quit and she said well you're sleeping with Mark Berg <laughs> the biggest producer in town I think you might put it out there and actually Mark was with me and she said would you would you be interested in helping since you want Betsy to work and she wants to be an actress would you be interested in helping her go back to acting and he had a management company so he said sure and so someone in his company ended up managing me and when the role came up for uh, someone in the Saw movie it was a one-day role and there was actually two roles one was for a nurse and one was for, we didn't know, there wasn't really a name to the character. It was just somebody that he has a flashback about when he's getting his brain worked on, sawed. <laughs> and I said, okay. He said, you can have either role. They're both a day, and you'll be in Toronto anyway. And I said, all right, I'll take the, the part, that, the mystery part behind door number three. <laughs> so we filmed that one day, that flashback scene at the park. And I really thought it was going to end up on the cutting room floor. I just couldn't imagine that I would still be in there because I didn't understand anything. Like, I didn't know what that character had to do with anything, and nobody really did otherwise. And then Mark said, well, he said, uh, I said, Am I gonna, is my character going to live on? And he said, I don't know. He said, we're hiring new writers, and it's really up to them. And there was a couple different groups of writers. It was like a lottery, whoever came up with the best script they were going to use. And I remember at the wrap party for Saw 2, the writers, these Marcus and uh, Patrick told me, you know, we're going to write a script that has you as a love interest. 
and I was like, oh, are you trying to get the <laughs> the writing part really bad? Is this political? And he's, they're like, no, we just think that he needs to have a love interest, which was obviously true. And uh, and I remember asking Mark as you know the time went on, do you think their script's going to get picked? And I remember one one script got axed, and then another one didn't look that good. He said it's looking like theirs is going to get picked. So that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. And and Saul, I mean, I watch a lot of horror movies, but I'm really afraid of gore and like seeing gore. <laughs> I know yeah. Jeff's on the same page as, as me. Um, did that ever mm-hmm. stop these movies, or was just like no? Did that ever stop what? Did that ever bother you, like the gore aspect, or was it just? Well, no, because in the first one there wasn't that much gore, and then mm-hmm. um. They started adding more in, but I thought it was more like a puzzle, and the gore was obviously not something that's the top of my list that I go to movies to see, but (laughs) obviously, because it's a horror movie, a lot of other people wanted to see that, and that's why they kept writing in more and more gore, because that's really what the audiences wanted. They wanted to have their senses, you know really exploited and and that's what horror fans love i think and it's also i believe it's also a thriller you know so even if it didn't have gore it would still be an exciting movie if you're into that sort of thing so i focused on that and the story and obviously just doing the best job that i could do and i didn't worry about the rest you know it right. fans yep. responded so that's <laughs> what i cared about yeah they love that stuff yeah yeah they yeah. do horror it's fans are the best fans i always say yeah, yeah, three girls and girls, jacket. <laughs> yeah, because when you really watch the audience, as I did, sitting you know towards the front sometimes, and I'd turn around and kind of secretly watch the audience, and you'd see you know couples together, and you know just the the girls clinging to the guys, and the guys you know just being so excited, and you know it just makes people feel things. And I think a lot of times people walk through life kind of numb and in their own story and in their own heads, and to to be out of their heads for a little bit to completely have their senses just shocked, you know, is super cool for a lot of people. And, and that's, and I get that. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And that's why, I mean, that's why we're big fans here of, of music and movies and TV and just things are different. A little break from the norm. That's great. Yeah. Um, Anything that makes you feel a, something I'm all on board about. Yeah. Sure. Did you ever consider Hopefully any of the other good. aspects of, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you ever consider any other parts of the uh, movie business, directing, writing, producing, any of that, or are you just kind of like staying in front of the camera? I actually am writing now. That's that's basically what oh, I'm great. doing. I'm writing, I'm writing a book, and then I'm doing my best effort at writing a script that I'm going to eventually have edited and put in the right format and stuff. But, yeah, so I think writing is – probably another passion for me my whole family on both sides were famous successful writers and um that's what i'm also you know passing down to my kids so i mean i've been writing um since i was a little girl when all the other kids were out playing i was writing stories i had one published when i was nine years old psychology today and i love writing so for me i'm not really interested in much else besides writing and who knows you just you never know. I mean, it's it's not easy to write, to force yourself to sit down and do it. It's It can be very taxing, and, you know, it's better to do it with somebody, and uh, I don't have that somebody at the moment, so I'm I'm doing my best. But, yeah, that's that's what I'm into. 
Right. Yeah. And um, what, so what is your script about? Is it um, more self-help? My life. Or, or is it like, oh, okay. <laughs> My okay. life. Yeah, That's because awesome. I grew up in a commune and uh, and oh, I had, wow. as I said, an autistic sister and my parents were into group therapy and my older son, the one that's into, that I do the blog with, had gone to a writing workshop in New York and when he came back and told me about it, he said, you know, everyone's got a story inside of them and I said, well, everyone's that I've told my life story to, including Cindy Crawford, who always comes up for me because she really couldn't get enough about my life when I was telling her what it was like, you know, when I was a little girl in this commune and autistic sister. And she and my boyfriend, Mark, he kept coming back in the room and saying, what are you still talking about? And I said, my life. She keeps wanting to know, so I'm telling her. And she said, you have to write a book. So I always say, if Cindy Crawford thinks that I have to write a book, or now, you know, turning into a script, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. my life, and it's got strong characters. And as my grandpa Max always said, he was a famous writer, philosopher. He always said, I can't believe you made it out of there alive because it was so crazy. So it's interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that is amazing. When, mm-hmm. um, when this book comes out and turns into a movie, make sure the guy that plays me during the interview has a nice... <laughs> Deep, thick voice. <laughs> <Yes>. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So uh, it sounds like you live a, a pretty busy life. You're writing, you're acting, you're a mom, life coach. What do you do when you're not doing all that? What What is basic Betsy Russell? What do you What do you like to do outside of uh, the acting world and writing world? What, what's a, a wind-down day for you? Well, number one is my grown sons. I'm with my sons all the time, probably talk to them a million times a day. So they're my, and they come out to Malibu and stay with me most weekends. None of us are in relationships, so we kind of are with each other a lot. That's number one. I'm a gym rat, so I go to Equinox every day pretty much. Um, and, you know, I'm, I date here and there. I hang with a couple girlfriends here and there. Um, my kid's grandma, Pat Van Patten, is still one of my best friends. I spend as much time with her as I can. She's her birthday's tomorrow. She's turning eighty eight, you know, Dick Van Patten's wow. wife. Okay. Um we lived next door to each other for yeah, for thirteen years. So we had adjoining backyards. We were best friends then and we're still best friends. So I hang out with her a lot. So I would have to say that my life is I mean, I don't travel too much because I'm not in a relationship and I don't like to travel alone and I'm not even a great girlfriend traveler. Um, so I would have to say my life is basically around family and, and I, you know, I coach people here and there and, uh, and I act here and there and my writing and, you know, I'm constantly learning more, learning more about my psychology stuff and I like to read and I like to watch reality TV and, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I wish there was more excitement to report on, but I'm sure something will drop in because it always does. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things um, I heard on an interview, and I really respect um, about you, is you are an advocate of that about being um, close to your ex and and just uh, the parent of your child. And um, I heard you talk about this, and um, I, I just I thought it was pretty neat because I recently had a breakup with my daughter's father, and I I just like the way you put it. So could you just elaborate a little bit so yeah I think the most selfish thing we can do is have a conscious uncoupling as Gwyneth Paltrow put it Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that when people 
badmouth their exes. It's it's not looking at the big picture. As much as it feels good in the moment to think, oh, I want to turn my kid against the ex, the person that it ends up hurting is you and us because no kid wants to hear their parent bad-mouthing the other parent. In fact, they'll end up turning on the parent that does it most times. So right. I just think it's selfish and it's smart to really, you know, forgive as best you can and move on in a loving way because we're all doing the best we can given our thinking in every moment and our awareness. I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, how can I screw up my kid's life today? How can I screw up (laughs) my ex's life today? We're all doing the best we can with the tools that we have, with the skills that we have. And so just to put negativity out there, it really just continues the cycle. And then you're going to have kids that are saying bad things about their friends and about, you know, I had my, my parents, as an example, um, especially my dad and his wife after my mom, they broke up and remained, she ended up running his company and retiring. He never retired and she did. And they ended up best friends forever. So they were my example. My mother and my father were also best friends till the day he died. They actually lived together again after being divorced for 50 years. So wow. I have so many examples of it. And my ex-husband, in the beginning, it was tough, I will have to say, as everyone might know that watched The Real Housewives. You know, he had an affair, and he left me after being together for 13 years. You know, one day, my world just blew up in my face, everything I had imagined my life to be. And I take full responsibility for my part in that. I was young. I didn't have any skills, how to communicate, how to be loving. I'm sure I shamed him and blamed him for so many things, but it blew up in one day, and I wanted to be angry. I wanted to hate him. I wanted to hate her, and I went through those emotions, and then I just decided to take the high road, and as best I could. I mean, I had my moments, as we all do, where I badmouth them or whatever, but I really, on the whole, think I did it pretty well, and I think my kids turned out pretty well because of it because of both of us being so close and and we're all close now which is great that that is great and and the least amount that they're affected i i feel is the best and and you just have to show that united front no matter what situation you're going through because you are emotional about it you know you you love this person and then it falls to pieces and it's just but you have to just keep focus on what's important Yeah, I remember every, I mean, I've had many breakups. I've been single on and off for 19 years. So it's like, and I remember any time I would get too upset about a breakup and maybe I'd be depressed or in bed, my ex-husband would say to me, you know, you're scaring the kids, get it together. (laughs) So he was my biggest advocate for don't think about yourself, think about them, move on. You know, this is only, this is fleeting. And I mean, the same thing with depression, with anxiety it's only fear that this feeling that you know is caused by thought is going to last forever so i always say and i've done youtube videos about it from the heart with betsy russell by the way my little youtube channel that i haven't done one in a long time but it's like if we can just understand in the moment that this is fleeting even if you're having an anxiety attack it's not going to last this too shall pass we are going to feel better at some point whether it's later in the day or the next day we are going to feel better and just try when you're in that low mood not to have important conversations try not to be 
try not to react or send a mean text. I mean, if I could give anybody some advice, I would say that when you're in a low mood, when you're tired or angry or sleepy or you got triggered or upset by something, just don't react. Don't send a mean text. Don't make a mean phone call. Don't have an don't start an argument. Just wait for it to pass. And if you're in a relationship, which is any relationship with your kid, your best friend, with a, a romantic relationship, if you have to say, hey, I can't continue this relationship right now because I'm really upset and I'm going to talk to you about this when I feel better, you might not even ever need to have that conversation because when we're in a low mood, we have so many problems. But we're, when we're in a good mood and a high mood, we have no problems. So everything right. looks different depending on our mood. And that's basically what I teach in a nutshell at this point, the way I coach. Such great advice. I love that. <laughs> yeah, there's a book called The Relationship Handbook by George Pransky. It's, there's two relationship uh, handbooks, but the one by George Pransky, every life coach recommends this book because it's just about understanding your moods, and it is life-changing. And my older son and I used to butt heads and fight all the time, and now that we both have this information, I mean, we just take time out. If we get upset and we see it escalating into a fight, we just stop, and we don't talk about it until sometimes three days later and sometimes not at all. I'm writing that down because I need a good book, and that seems perfect right now. Thank you. It is you. perfect. It's the best book ever, and some so I read it once a year at least, and I have a whole stack of them that I hand out to my peeps. You know, when I'm going to a party or whatever, I bring the book instead of a candle or a bottle of wine. Right. There you go. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, you're actually your timing tonight on the show is great because Jewel was writing down all this stuff. And it's going to refer to all of it. So it's excellent. Really yeah. great. great work. <laughs> yeah, and I've got to update my website so I can I can do, you know, have more of this stuff more readily available for people that are looking for help because I wish that people understood this stuff. And, you know, there's chronic fighters out there that are just comfortable having these fights all the time and the drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting to a place where it's like I can't even – be around. My son and his best friend and roommate were starting a fight the other night. We were at a restaurant, and I just said, stop, stop. You guys are both upset right now. It's going to escalate, and I can't I can't deal with it. And they, they wouldn't stop. So I just got up and left the restaurant, and that was three days ago. And my son just today, he said, Mom, I really want to talk about what happened the other night. And I said, great. Now we can talk from a place of compassion and love. And we're both really calm. So I think that's a great idea. And what a difference talking today as opposed to talking in the moment when we couldn't relax and they were both just practically yelling. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And it just brings the whole room down when when any any two people are fighting. So I get yeah. that. <laughs> it's upsetting. So if, if you can just learn that now and teach it to your ex and to your kids, I mean – Kids stand on the shoulders of our education, of all this psychology and everything really in life. So if you can be an example and model for them what it looks like to be a peaceful and calm human, I mean, we all have our ups and downs. That's totally normal. But it's just kind of navigating through those moves with ease and grace that I think is the key to having a peaceful life. Absolutely. That's That's amazing. Thank you. It's funny because the, the last question on my list was, what advice do you have for people out there? And you took that question 
and you <laughs> crushed it. That was fantastic. Really just fantastic work. I mean, intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I do think that that's, that's the key, you know, and it's also the last piece of that is too, and this is very three principles, it's like, when we're looking for answers, when we're upset, we're never going to find it. Like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're all upset and you're trying to come up with something, but you're not going to find it in that mood. But when you know, hey, I'm, I'm waiting for an answer, what should I do about this or that, then just don't, don't push it. Don't try to overthink it. Just kind of calm yourself. And when you're doing something that you enjoy doing, whether it's taking a walk or working out or taking a shower or hanging out with your kids, the goal is that an insight from the universe will come through or from God or whatever you believe in will come through and you will get the answer or you will figure out the right thing for you to do in that moment. But it's like when you're looking for it and you're trying to muscle it and, and try to get to that understanding, it doesn't always happen in our time frame, but it, but we will get an insight when we're meant to. That's what I believe. Great. It's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely yep. amazing. Um, let's give out some information, some um, social media, where to find you. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, of course, is I am Betsy Russell. That's I am Betsy Russell. I am. Yeah, it's not I A M, but I and then the letter M, BetsyRussell.com. That's my Twitter and my Instagram and my website. And also delving in with Betsy and Duke on BuzzFeed. Is it BuzzFeed? And Buzzsprout, um, Buzz sorry. <laughs> I And then uh, From the Heart with Betsy Russell, my YouTube channel. And then I think my son Vinny is, uh, if you just Google Vinny Van Patten, I think it's Medium or something like that. His his stuff, especially for, you know, young adults, is just beautiful. He writes so beautifully. And especially people that are kind of searching maybe for a purpose or searching for a career or just searching or just curious he's he's been doing all the same and we finally found found something for him that i think he's interested in his career and then obviously his passion is writing so for right now anyway yes it is called medium i just i just looked it up medium.com backslash great um, and then the relationship the relationship handbook by george pransky and three principles and there's also something called um 3p global community 3p uh g c i believe it is and there's so many youtube videos for people that are searching for something to make them feel better maybe they're depressed and they don't know they don't want to take meds or they can't get out of it or they've just gone through a breakup or whatever it is it's just understanding the nature of thought and how we create our reality through the thoughts that we choose to focus on and make real because no thoughts are real obviously so that's out there so there is help, and if you want to find me through my website or direct message me, I do do coaching, and I actually have done a lot of coaching for my fans. So they found me through that, and um, and I do private coaching on the phone that way as well. Wow, awesome! Absolutely incredible. Yeah. This has been this has been fantastic. I of course would like to ask if you would come back with us in a few months. Shed some sure. light on this. Talk a little more about self-help because this is fantastic. I've been excited for weeks, lining up, <laughs> leading up to this. It's just it was everything I'd hoped for. Again, like I said, thank you to Mitch Clem, your manager, for uh, 
taking great care of us and, and hooking this up has been absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm going to remember this for quite some time. Betsy Russell, one of my absolute all-time favorite people on earth. And now hey, thank her. you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And there's also one one other thing. It's my older son, right Duke Van Patten. Huh? Yeah, my older son I just thought of, uh, he has an Instagram account called Malibu Influencers that's really funny, and he's an actor as well, and he's got a lot of just crazy funny things um, from his perspective, which is a little out there and kind of fun and cool. So he's starting this, uh, he's starting his own company, actually, Malibu Influencers, so that's cool. He'll be glad that I plugged him, and I love that you said that I shine some light, because that's that's my intention to shine light wherever I possibly can. So thanks for having me. And uh, if anybody needs me, you know where to find me. Thank you so Absolutely. much. And, uh, great. Yeah. We, okay. We'll be talking soon. And, and of course, following you and everything you do, because we're big fans and we love it. The amazing Betsy Russell. Thank you so much. And have yourself a wonderful evening. Thanks. You too. Bye guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, she's wonderful. That was that was great because, like you said, like how we do it here on the show, and um, when she said thanks for reaching out to my manager and going that route, we want to go that route, and we want PR people and managers and even the guests to know that we like everything you do. It's not just hey, you're in the movies in the '80s, so let's talk. Yeah, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about. Um, how you got into movies. You want to talk about what you did when you were little and your aspirations, and then once you got into that theme, and then what happens after that, and things like that, and self-help. And she said so many things that were perfect, and the questions you came back with are perfect about, you know, don't let the kids suffer. Kids are young and impressionable, and their parents to them are strong, and, and stay that way. You know, keep the relationship going. Just amazing. That's the kind of stuff we need, and, you know, for everybody that listened, and if you didn't listen, you know, the replay will be out there. And take some words of advice from Betsy Russell. She really does have great advice. And, um, yeah, I look forward to talking to her again. Yeah, I would definitely invite her back on again. I guess we'll go through the manager again, so we're, <laughs> we're not pushy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just dumbfounded that my lovely Miss Betsy Russell is single. I, you know. Of course, she's California. I'm here. Big difference. Pretty sure my wife wouldn't let me answer her out, so we'll just keep that under our hat. Not really. Thank you again, Betsy Russell. Amazing interview. Great time. We always have great time here on the show, Jewel. We're blessed. We always do well. We always get so nervous leading up to them. Like, oh, I hope this is good. I hope we're good. I hope they're good. And I know. It's always good. So, wait. When is our 100th episode? Because... I really want to know who's the guest for that. <laughs> it, it's coming close. We're in the 80s, so we've got a little bit to go yet. Mm-hmm. God, it's going to be like a summer bash. Yeah, that's a great idea. I would kind of like to get a lot of pieces of people that have been on to just kind of say hello. Because that's difficult because there would be a million phone numbers you wouldn't really know who's coming through. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Probably figure it out. <laughs> If I could have a, if I could have like a dream hundredth episode, something that would like surprise and just blow you away, I want Bruce Springsteen to call in a one hundredth episode. I do, just to thank you for all your accolade because you just, everyone <laughs> that would be great. I mean, stuff like that is awesome. And like I said, that's why we do do this. And you know, we search 
I want to tell people where we search for, for our, our guests because, you know, you don't want everybody doing the same thing and searching for guests and flooding them with emails. But we search for our guests, and I find people, and I'm searching. I'm like, I got Betsy Russell. I said, I would love anything. I will give anything to talk to her. And then you look it up, and you, you find a manager contact, and you say, well, let's just hope this comes through. Cause I loved her. I used to love her movies. I really want to talk to her. And you get that email back from the manager. Says, hey, we're interested. Give us some dates. And you're like, <laughs> It is super exciting. I get excited every single time. Yeah. No matter who it is, it's always exciting. And like I said, like you were you were a big fan of of Josh Server and you're a big fan of Josh Server, you're a big fan of House Sparks and you know, they're on the show and it's just it's amazing. That's the kind of stuff that that's why we do it. And like Betsy said, it's not about money. It's not about where you get with it. I mean, if you get somewhere with it, that's big. If not, hey, still. I looked at the checkbook, you know, the uh, Yo Show checkbook. It's in the red. Right. <laughs> but, that's, but, but that's okay. It really is okay. And um, we come back again to do this uh, Wednesday night. We have, um, I'm excited for this young man Wednesday night, Ricky Rebel. His name is Stella. Oh, yeah. Very excited. He's going to be joining us Wednesday night. Um, musician. Kind of a real unique look to him. Probably pretty cool. Very excited for that. Like I said, we haven't missed yet. Not to brag, but we haven't missed yet. Uh, should be pretty good. He's very outspoken, so I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever he has to say because we're just going to let him roll. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, man, that's going to be something. Um, we also got uh, an announcement. It's coming up. Yeah, you know, my father lost the date. I'm sorry, April 3rd. Um, cheers. My uh, father in law is in the studio, hanging out with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's here. Everybody's here tonight. It's a good show. You got a lot of people there. A lot of people checking us out and listening in. We love it. We're popular. Thank you very much. See, the studio, we're very popular. <laughs> we love that. That's great. Um, April 3rd, we are back with Michael Stover and his management company bringing us some musical acts. Uh, April 3rd, we'll have a band on called Vix. Ooh. They're from Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're from Pittsburgh, so they're locals. Uh, they're going to be on the show April 3rd, the Vix uh, musical act. Um, again, Michael Stover. It's a great manager, always reaching out, always pushing his uh, his talent, always bringing them to us, and uh, we're going to start getting back with some of his people. And uh, we're working on the return of a former guest from a little while back. We haven't gotten her official date yet, but a beautiful young country singer, Madeline Victoria, is going to be coming back as well. We don't have a set date for Madeline yet, but she was adorable and a great interview, so we decided to bring her back. Michael Stover gave me the list. I'm like, first name that popped up was Madeline's. So I'm like, yeah, Madeline, definitely. So we'll be getting new dates when that happens. Uh, Jewel, how are we working out with our special American Idol guest that we're working on a date? Have we, have we locked that in? I'm going to uh, lock it in tomorrow, get an actual date. But I- I'm thinking either Monday or Wednesday next week uh, we'll have Blake Lewis, which I'm super excited about. That's going to be great. Blake Lewis is definitely going to be a big one. I'm very excited for that. Uh, me and Jewel talked this weekend about contacting a former mm. guest. If this person, we're not going to say the name, but if this person comes back on, it's going to be massive because this person 
is our all-time number one guest. And what? since and since that person was on the show, they have blown up doing shows in different states and a big show coming up for them. We won't even talk about it. I don't want to jinx it, but all i got to tell you is you know it. He's got this massive show coming up that's like his lifelong dream, and we're trying to get him on here before right. that show comes up so he can gush about it. I'm sure he is probably beside himself, and we want to get him back here. So we're going to work on that. We're not going to give you his name, but all I said, it's huge. Pretty ridiculous. We're going to work on ridiculous. This person was fantastic. It was Jewel's great find. Jewel does great finding people. Jewel gives me the name of some of these people, I'm like, what? And you're like, trust me. And then they come on and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I discovered you, even though Jewel said don't have you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens. Uh, no, it doesn't. Jewel does a great job. We we both work, uh, we work pretty hard at it, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of great reward, great, getting to talk to great acts and people we've admired for years and, and all that's wonderful. A little blood, sweat, and tears going with there. Some, there's some letdown, there's some disappointments. Me and Jewel, you know, we fist fight a lot. Mm-hmm. It happens, you know. I, a lot of verbal abuse. Yeah, a lot of verbal abuse. A lot of me picking on Jewel. I was lining her up all day to pick on her, and I kept getting the most hateful emojis back. <laughs> I take a light <laughs> on tonight. Mm-hmm. Jewel Thanks. speaks in hateful emojis. Oh, they were flowing tonight. The hateful emojis were <laughs> were everywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You know I love you. Can't do it without you. So yeah, so we got uh that's uh Ricky Rebel will be with us Wednesday night. We'll come back for a hump day episode. Yep, you waved your hand. Is there something that you want no, to No, same patterns this again, so what are you doing? What's your plans? It is St. Patty's weekend. I knew I forgot to write something down. Um, Friday night, we are going to be at the Fireside uh, in Trevoos. And we all know who's there, a guy I talk about all the time, and one of these nights we're going to get him on the show, I swear to God. We're trying to find a live venue for this guy, Kevin Kirk, and uh, his brother Scott, Kirko, Kirko Band. They do an incredible St. Patty's Day show. They sit up on the stage. They play all your favorite tunes. They drink Jameson like like athletes drink water. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And they're, and they're a blast. Again, if you're uh, listening in and you're in the Bucks County area, Trevos, Friday night, the fireside, Kirko. It's going to be dynamic. What is on your agenda, Jewel Tady? I don't I've got a couple of different invites to different places. So, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, we always do, we do, of course, a top five list, obviously. Uh, tonight I'm going to ask you for a top 30 list, and hear me out before you get freaked out by this. Top 30 invites of yours on St. Patty's Day, where does my invite fall on your top 30 list? You're one of them, I swear. But I, I literally got invited to five things, so I'm very excited. I went from having, like, zero social life to, like... <laughs> Hey, I'm out, guys. Remember me? So it's uh, kind of fun. <laughs> so apparently, Jewel did a top five in her head, and my invite's number six. Outstanding. Hey, I'm available Friday. So, yeah, Kirk Oban. Woohoo! Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> Kirk Oban, the fireside. 
it's a uh, smaller place, but worth it. The food is phenomenal. Great beer selection. Um, my favorite bartenderess of all time, May, is not going to be working. I think she's going to be out of town. Sorry, May. I gave you a plug anyway. We love you. She's coming to Beer Fest with us. Very excited. Beer Fest coming up, folks. May 30th, uh, March 30th. I always get May. Why don't we say May? March 30th. Mm. The kilts are ready. The t-shirts are being made. It's fantastic. That's awesome. It's a day full of beer. What could possibly go wrong? Dean cooks that same night, so. (laughs) Just fart. (laughs) It's a fart noise with my mouth. Um, I shouldn't say what could go wrong at Beer Fest, because a lot could go wrong. Hmm. Last year, me and the wife missed the cab, and we walked, I don't know, 30 miles to get back to the hotel. And uh, oh, man. I, pre- I pretty much learned every Americanized curse word in 10 different languages. She really uh, laid in me. But that's, you know, when you get buzzed like that, it stuff happens. Well, when you're in Atlantic City, you just hop on the boardwalk, even if it's freezing cold, because we did this for my birthday. And the guy just, like, took us from, you know, one end to the boardwalk to the other. I don't know. He only asked for, like, five bucks. <laughs> but you're freezing. You know, the car that they push you in? That's what I'm talking about for yeah. our listeners. There's, there's, like, these little... Um, wicker carts that you sit in and it's just one guy and he pushes three wheels. It's kind of like a Surrey, but you don't have to pedal. It's a rickshaw. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. I, I said it when you first started. You just kept on going to the description, which was adorable. It's a rickshaw. Uh, yeah, a this rick- guy didn't even... Rickshaw. 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 Rig. Like truck. Right? No, rug shawl. Rug the funny part is this guy, this guy didn't even work on the boardwalk. He's just some homeless guy that grabbed one and started taking jewel all over the boardwalk. Give me five bucks. I one of us in Newport and like five bucks. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If that doesn't make the story that much better. <laughs> Give me one Newport and two, three, five bucks. <laughs> And take anywhere you want to go. I said better than the approach I got on the boardwalk. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny talking oh about the boardwalk. We went, uh, we went to Atlantic City to see a show a couple of years back. The show was in one hotel. We left our car in the other hotel. We parked the whole nine yards. So show's over at the bar. My wife had forgotten something. She's like, oh, my God, it's back in the room. I mean, back in the car, I needed to go get it. I'm like, I'll go get it. You stay here. I'll go get it. And I start walking the boardwalk. And behind me, I hear the clunking of very high heels. Clunk, clunk, clunk. I turn around, and there is this six-foot-tall, super long, blonde-haired, very attractive, um, I don't know Man. if you say Russian, Ukrainian. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Russian, Ukrainian, whatever type woman. And course you make eye contact which is the biggest mistake of all you'll find out why in a second and uh she says hello and i'm like well hello you know i'm a little buzzed and she's like where are you heading i'm like mm, to my car where are you parked at so-and-so hotel that's where my room is oh you have a room yeah, i've got a room okay well 
can I tell you a secret? I'm sure you can tell me a secret. Uh, I'm working this evening, and uh, if you'd like to have sex, it is $300. And I'm like, wow. All right, oh, this Jesus is the part Christ. where I leave you be. Like, where are you going? Oh, my God. I'm white back at uh, other casino. I got to go. <laughs> like a two-year-old kid, I pretty much ran to get the stuff out of the car, ran back, and, yeah, she was soliciting the heck out of it. And, you know, we never – a lesson, fellas. When you're in Atlantic City, it's getting later at night. And you were approached out of nowhere by a rather attractive woman. She's working. Thank you. <laughs> Just run. Just run. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> she was working. I tell you what, if I was a, if I was a billionaire, three hundred bucks for a little bit of that, I'd be like, absolutely. <sighs> and he's derailed. <laughs> he has derailed. It's that time of the day. Yeah, seriously, that was, uh, was kind of funny. You meet some characters in Atlantic City. My father used to always say, keep your head on a swivel in Atlantic City because you never know who's running to your neck. Interesting. I know. I, we, we, I don't know who I was with. My friend's like, look, that's a hooker, that's a hooker, that's a hooker, that's a hooker. I'm like, no way. No way they're all just hookers sitting at the bar. Because Caesar's Bar, it's like $15 for a captain and Coke. But I guess I could afford it if they're hookers. Yeah. Um, but that brings up another story years ago. This was before I was even dating my wife. Went down with my brother and a friend of his. And they were bigger gamblers than me. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit at the bar. I sat at the bar. And I get approached by this woman, black woman, attractive. She sits down. And Adam Blue just starts talking. That's normally how their approach is. So she just starts talking. And I look and I start talking back. And then she proceeded to tell me how she's like a high school principal and I'm like a high school principal and she's talking about like you know she comes down to gamble X amount of times not too much and I'm like well, this woman may, not, may actually not be a prostitute so here comes this half drunk guy out of nowhere and he's like hey hey is this guy buying or can I get in she's like beg your pardon he's like yeah you know I, I want to buy like how much she's like I am not a prostitute <laughs> You know, his face, like, drops and, like, walked away. But, like, that's the thing. When you see a woman walking by herself at a bar that is anxious to talk, people automatically assume. Yeah, well, what else are you going to think? <laughs> There's just she a normal person? Oh, no. Yeah. She was a good-looking woman. I got her phone number. Uh, I actually called her for a date. Turned out she lived, like, in New York. She was, like, two and a half hours away. There oh. was no date. No. She was good looking. Interesting. I won't divulge her name because her name is very unique. And um, she might be listening. Unique New York. Yeah, there you go. That was her <laughs> name. I, I sent it to Joel. I sent Joel her name. <laughs> that was that was her name. Yeah. And she said, she said, I hate to admit it, but I'm probably named. She said, I'm probably named after the liquor. And I'm like, really? She said, probably. She said, my dad used to love that stuff. So I... <laughs> Her name is Brandy Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) Her name is Jane Beer. (sighs) Funny, funny. Her name is uh, Jack Daniel Smith. Jameson. Von. Uh, Jameson Tito. (laughs) Her name was Fresh King Cake. Hmm. You know, we really do got to put this show on YouTube because people in the background would see that little sleeping head, right? 
<laughs> I know my kitty. I got my kitty with me. She's so yeah, funny. I've been fascinated by that head all night. <laughs> I didn't even know you could see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she actually looks a lot like your daughter right there from that distance. Weird. She does, when their baby pictures, they look exactly like it's kind of freakish. Yeah, I Maybe someday your daughter could be the world's worst intern. <laughs> right? She's working on it. God, she did more work than her. She hopped on. She's like, let yeah. me just say hi to Jeff. I just want to say hi. I'm like, all right, Joey. You could say hi. <laughs> she knows the deal. Very popular. Everybody wants to pop into your show, except Duck. She's sleeping. Mm-hmm. She had enough. She worked on like three episodes. She gets it. I kicked her ass in some b-ball today, so. There you go. She sunk. She's slumped. That's what the kids say now. She's slumped. So, slump, you. No. It's not as good when I say it. <laughs> we do got to set up something special for about a month from now when uh, my birthday comes up. We need a birthday episode. We need something special. A lot of special. Yeah. So because, like, my birthday special and you look for a special guest to call in, I've gotten a lot of my favorite teenage loves on the show. Erica Leniak was on the show. Madeline Zima was on the show. Bobby Brown. Um, no, who else could there be? Bet- Betsy Russell. You know. Betsy Cox. Betsy Cox. <laughs> She's a hottie. I love watching her videos. She's crushed me up. So. Yeah, she yeah, was our... Uh, had two other crushes on on, on the- she was the first Yo show, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yo I reached out to Nick Carter. His manager didn't get back to me, so whatever. It's fine. It happens. It happens. Like I said, Linda Carter was on my list of loves. I have reached out to her manager like five times. If you're That'd be pretty nuts. Say poop. That I would geek out. I would geek freak out for Linda Carter. I, me too. I would go nuts for that. But Duke could just at least, at least tell me to fuck off. That's all. <laughs> yeah, they're ready to be on, but tell me to drop that or something. Really. Oh Let my me God. know. Do you know whose manager got back to me and was dying just because it was a, a no response? Who? Lana Del Rey. They're like, she's pretty busy right now with her tour. I'm like, uh, oh, <gasps> <gasps> are you kidding me? My God, oh. that's pretty awesome. Especially when you see, you're like, oh my God, it's them. Oh my God, whatever they said. Yeah. And then, yeah. but still, like, like it's a person they know. But yeah, out me. Like, what? Lana Del Rey's like my favorite, so that'd be <sighs> crazy. But now I have her name, so you know, probably reach out again when stuff dies down. <laughs> hey, you never know. Um, I've been shot down yeah. by some really quality people, so. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. We are going to pull the plug on tonight's wonderful episode. I had a great time. A humongous, very special thanks and all the love in the world to our very special guest, my Betsy Russell. She was amazing, as I had hoped. Great word of advice. Don't forget, I am the letters I am. I am BetsyRussell.com. I am Betsy Russell on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Delving in with Betsy and Duke on Buzzsprout is her and her son's self-help podcast. 
Lots of great stuff from Betsy Russell, and we thank her. And we're going to have her on again real soon. Don't forget, Wednesday night again, folks, Ricky Rebel. Very special guest. Looking forward to that. Him and Drew are going to go uh, have a little outspoken duel, so that should be great. (laughs) And April April 3rd, the VIX. So we've got some great stuff coming up for you, and we're working on more guests. We keep churning along right here on the Yo Show. That's it for this evening. Very special thanks to all our listeners out there. I am Jeff Shark Perini. She is the hostess with the mostest, the lovely and talented Tati. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, wake up, duck. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a douche. And be nice to people, even the shitty ones. Oh, I was going to say something else, but I didn't. That's good. All right, I'll keep it clean. (laughs) Wow, what happened? Go ahead. Stay on. Even the shitty ones. Good night. (laughs) There you go. Not the same if you don't drop in the actual phrase. All right, folks, thanks again for joining, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.